so, Father, we thank you. We give you praise with much thanksgiving. You're so gracious. You're so kind. You're so wonderful. And we just love you. And we thank you that as much as we love you, it doesn't compare to how much you love us. And you showed us that love when you gave us Jesus. And we thank you that you gave us Jesus so that we could come back into our right identity and that you did not intend for us to wait to get to heaven to live in victory. But because of Jesus, we can live in victory right now while we on the ground still around. And we thank you for the word of God because it's correction, it's instruction, it's wisdom. It's discipline. It's reproof. It sets us on the course. And then we thank you for Holy Spirit because Jesus said, you said before you left, you said the Holy Spirit, he would lead us into all truth. He would teach us. He would guide us and show us things to come. And so we just come here today putting a demand have a full of expectation to see what you said, to hear what you're, to see what you said, to hear what you said, and to receive it in our hearts so that we can produce it in our lives. And we thank you in advance for the breakthrough in My Jesus' God, name. In amen. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So let's get into this. We'll come back and we'll do announcements at the end. So as you can see, it's scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Today we are talking about seven practical steps for receiving your financial breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason uh, this wasn't even intended to be this week's message, mm-hmm. but after last week's message, you know, we were talk- we were on like part six of walking in financial dominion and uh, had a huge response from people uh, last week about just how the series has really helped propel them into this new way of thinking. Yes. I had a couple of people say, you know, my bank account hasn't changed yet, but my mindset has. Yes. And I, and we were saying that's the key right there. If you can change your mindset, your bank account will fall. It has to change. And then other people were saying, you know, since you've been teaching this, my mindset has changed. I've started tithing. I've started sewing. I've been looking for opportunities to give every day. And it seems like every time I give, two people are giving back to me. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about how that works. And two or three people on last week at different times sent a message and said, you know, we just we love when you and Pastor Sean uh, teach together. Uh, y'all would have such different styles, but it just it just combined so good. It's been so good to me. And, and a couple and all of them said, you know, when y'all talk about how y'all just talk about the word all the time. And, and the question was, if y'all were going to tell somebody, you know, how to receive breakthrough and, and what have y'all done, what would you say? And I thought, man, that's a really good question because sometimes you can be doing stuff and you don't pause to uh, to memorialize it. You don't write it down mm-hmm. what you're doing. And then when you try to teach somebody else, it's like, well, I'm not really sure because you haven't pause to think about here are the things that we've done. And so we just spent some time just like, OK, what have we done? Because here's the thing. We've lived in, in the area of not enough. Amen. <laughs> and we, we don't ever want to go back. And we and we've lived in the area of just enough. Mm-hmm. And praise God, He's moved us to the area of more than enough, but God's not through yet. Amen. He He wants to move us to well beyond more than enough so that we can be more and more and more of a blessing to all of those people that we want to be a blessing to and to do every work God calls us to. Amen. To do every Everything work. And I want people to, to hear do. that. Every work God has called us to. To, that's why we want to be wealthy. That's why we want to be rich. That's why we want to be loaded. Why? Because every time God says to do something, we want to have the resources. Absolutely. To do. And so Absolutely. they were saying, okay, just tell us what, what do you guys do? And so we, we sat down and memorialized this into just seven really practical things. And the reason I say they're practical is because literally you can start doing them today. Today. Every single one of these things you can start doing today. The key though is consistency. 
consistency consistency you can't do it one time and we'll be like it didn't work this is one of those things where it's like losing weight it's like building muscle uh it's like it's like graduating high school k-12 it's like going to college it's like going to grad school there are some things you know they just take a certain amount of time it's like getting pregnant and having a baby you don't get pregnant on monday and have a baby on tuesday it just doesn't happen it, it needs that time and you have to be consistent throughout that time so when we start to talk about these things today, uh, I really want you to understand that you can do them starting today. Starting today. Starting Put today. that in the comments. Say, I'm starting today. I'm starting today. I'm starting today. And some of you may find that you do some of them, but you don't do all of them. And that you may do some of them, but you don't do them consistently. Yes. And so what we want to do, and, and we're still practicing. That's oh, why we yes. talk about growing and becoming. Absolutely. We're still practicing in this area, you know, you were talking about all the things. It's like exercising. You're not going to, if you're trying to lose 30 pounds, yeah. you're not going to exercise for five days and lose 30 pounds. Even a month. You're not going to exercise every day for a month and lose 30 pounds. Not healthy. You have to be consistent. And one of the things that champions have is consistency. I love that. One of the champions are consistent. consistent. They are consistent. They learn how to do the work. When it's popular, when they feel like it, when they don't feel like it, they do it because it's necessary to get the win. Because we ain't looking to be fly-by-night successes. Come on. We're looking to build a foundation that's going to be able to be something we can do and live in, in the good times and in the bad times. Because we're looking to build that consistency. And this is so important because we know this, particularly in the area of money, because you and I, we love to watch the stories of people who won the lottery, yeah, right? Yeah. And research tells us that over 80% of those yeah. people end up worse off than they were 10 years later because many of you are thinking, I need more money, but more money without a new mindset yeah. is not going to produce long-term breakthrough. That's why the Bible tells us we don't put new wine in old, old wineskins. Wine right. right. Because it doesn't fit. You, you can't put something new inside. And I, I researched that one time and it made so much sense because I was like, what's the big deal about putting uh, new wine in old wine skins. Well, the reality of it is they didn't have bottles. They actually used animal skin. Mm -hmm. And when they put the uh, the fruit and the yeast and everything in there, then the animal skin was 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 fairly uh, flexible. And so as it began to ferment, it would it would it would it would uh, expand. And at one point, it would stop expanding, and that would be the whining. Well, when you begin to put new wine, new grapes, new yeast in there, you fill it up, and as it began to expand, it exploded. And I thought, well, that's a great revelation. That is the reason that God knows he can't put new stuff into our old way of thinking because our old way of thinking can't handle it. And that's why it tells us to be transformed by, by the, the renewal of our mind. mind. But I love, I love Jim I love because it. Jim just gave an illustration okay. for people who may not get the wine thing. Okay. She said it's like cooking new food with old grease. Mm. Mm. At some point, some of you may be like, I cook my, I, I use my grease again. But no, at some point, that grease is going to deteriorate. That, that grease, yeah. you don't want to be putting new food in that yeah. old grease. Yeah. Well, God is trying to elevate our come thinking. Come on, come on. Because he says, 
your thoughts are not like my mm -hmm. thoughts. Not that your thoughts can't be my right, thoughts. Right. Your thoughts are not like my thoughts. Use your, my word. Use my spirit to elevate your thinking. And we are specifically talking about in the area of finances. And listen, and we, you guys got to get comfortable with the fact that we don't always have to say to you, we're not just talking about right, money. Right. Because if you've been following us, you know that we talk about way more things than money. But you're going to have to get comfortable if you're going to ever have wealth and riches in your house. Mm -hmm. You are going to have to get comfortable with us being able to talk to you about money without adding the other stuff to make it easier for your right, mindset. Right, right, because you need to push through that mindset. We sometimes make it palatable for you because we say we're talking about money, but not just money. Well, you know that if you followed us. But today we are talking about practical steps that you can do to receive your financial breakthrough. And who needs a financial breakthrough? Everybody needs a financial breakthrough yes. because in reality, no matter how good it may be for you now, you are not doing everything God has put you in the earth to That's do. Right. And so even if you were, if Bill Gates was here, I would say to him, Bill Gates, you still, you yeah. ain't tapped out yeah. and done everything God has called you That's to right. do, right? right? Because last week you used the scripture, the Bible says the silver and the gold is his. Mm -hmm. The Bible also tells us in Isaiah that there are still hidden treasures yes. in this world, yes. in this planet that have not been released. Yep. We want to be in position so we can do every good work, which is take care of our yep. families, leave an inheritance, bring the tithes and offering, but be a blessing to the world. And you cannot be a financial blessing to the Absolutely. world when you are in financial struggle yourself. So listen, if you know that there are people who you're connected to who needs to hear this message before we get started into these teachings. You need to go ahead and share it right now. Absolutely. Share it to your story. Share it to your page. Share it to any groups that you uh, have the ability to share it to and have. And it's okay to share it to because this word needs to be heard today. Yes. And I want to say this as you're letting them share. You know, one of the things that you're going to have to grow up into mm -hmm. as you begin to to learn how to distribute the kingdom of God funds, mm -hmm. right? Is that you, yes, God will call us to help people, yeah. okay? But long-term helping people who are not willing to follow instructions right. and get the word right. is only enabling right. them. Absolutely. It's only enabling them. So as God increases you, do not allow the manipulation of people that you love yes. to cause you to get into disobedience with God. Yes. And people don't have like a this. hearing ear about who, who and when you're giving. People, yeah, people Hear don't like this. But the one of the things that I've had to say to people that I love, that I walk in relationship with, you mock me for being a tither. Mm. But then you expect me to fund your trouble with the money that well, I only have from being well, a tither. Well, you mock me for being a sower. You tell me that it doesn't take all yep. of that. But when your car note needs to be paid, then you want me to come through for you. And we need to understand because many times when we get into this conversation about love, we try to present the love of God as though love is just like, oh, God just loves right, people so right, much right, right. that we just do any and everything for them. No. And I'm not saying that God may not assign you somebody that you are supposed to help and they're supposed to grow up in the things of God. But at some point, the person that you are helping financially, if they are not willing to come into the kingdom of God, I said to Pastor Edwin, I said, we've spent several, we, we've helped a lot of people yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. And I said, but in, you know, I was listening to somebody teach and they were saying, you have to begin to ask sometimes, 
are they still good grain? Right. Because there will be periods of grace where God will give a person an opportunity to catch yes. up. But if they still then refuse to catch up and just want to look to right. me as their source, right. then I need to find me some good grain. Right. And I just wanted to say that for yeah. free because I felt like somebody needs that. Amen. So set so, us up. So man. listen, so Chris uh, actually uh, was singing in praise and worship this morning. If you are uh, listening, if not, you should really go and uh, like her page and join us every um, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. She always seems to set us up so perfectly. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about the Lord of the breakthrough, mm -hmm. the Lord of the breakthrough. And it's interesting because that's what we're talking about today. Seven practical steps for financial break breakthrough. And so breakthrough is one of those words that we hear in Christian circles quite often. Uh, when you actually look it up in scripture, though, it only appears about two or three times. So I went back and I started looking up, like, what is the definition of breakthrough? Because I think words are important. I think understanding the intent behind those words are important. Mm -hmm. And so when you begin to look at this word breakthrough, then you see the breakthrough is defined as a military movement. And I like that kind of visual that it gave me. It's a military movement or advancement all the way through and beyond an enemy's frontline defense, right? Um, it goes on to say that it's an act or instance of removing or surpassing uh, an obstruction or restriction, the overcoming of a stalemate. And you know, stalemate is like um, when 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 it's it's like when one person's here, one person's here, and nobody's moving. Uh, it's like when you play checkers and nobody got to move, right? It's be, it's overcoming that particular stalemate. And so when I was looking at this definition, uh, you know, I just I like looking at definitions. I like looking at words. I like looking at understandings. And then I go, okay, how does this apply? To, to our lives? How do I synthesize this so that it makes sense for me? Because I'm, I'm not one of those people who like to try to remember definitions. I like to remember their intent, but then I need to put it in some practical way for my life so it becomes meaningful for me. Amen. Uh, and so I came up with this, with this as, we're, as we're working through this about how do we do it, uh, something I call the Strickland life experience definition. <laughs> so here's, here's how we define breakthrough, right? Breakthrough is defined for us as a sudden burst of revelation. Mm -hmm. It's like when you get something new that you didn't know before, it's like, yes. boom. But what that revelation means to do is to enthusiastically move you, there's that word again, beyond and through Ooh, all previous, previous points, points of past, past resistance that bring you into, into a new, new levels, levels of success. Come that's on, what that's good. Is. That's what breakthrough is. It is this So you can be sitting here today. And, and when we talk about uh, receiving your breakthrough for finances, breakthrough isn't when the money shows up in your account. It's when you receive this new revelation. Like when I received the revelation that God loved me, that changed everything. Mm -hmm. When I received the revelation that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, mm -hmm. it changed everything. When I realized that I was born again of an incorruptible seed, it changed everything. It was a sudden burst of revelation. And it enthusiastically moved me beyond all these previous points of past resistance and took me to a new yeah, level. So and that good. is what's going to happen today if you will hear what thus said the Lord about these seven steps we have walked through already. You know, I tell people all the Use time. The definition again, though. Say the definition. Which again, one? Though. The one, the Strickland definition. It's, it's a sudden burst of a revelation, revelation that enthusiastically moves you beyond all previous points of past resistance, bringing you 
to new levels of to success. new levels of success. So I hear you saying mm -hmm. God gives revelation so that it will inspire us to go where we haven't gone before. Provoke you to move. It will provoke you to move. When I got a revelation about the importance of tithing all those years ago, we were in Dallas, Texas at TD Jake's meeting, and we decided we were never going to rob God again. That was a sudden burst of revelation. We didn't go there with that intent. We didn't. We weren't thinking about that. But when we were sitting in that auditorium uh, and we got that revelation about we don't have to rob God, that God will provide for us, it became a sudden burst of revelation. But what did it do? It enthusiastically caused us to move. We sowed our most significant seed that night. Even when we knew we weren't going to be buying Christmas, we was like, hey, if we can't buy nobody nothing for Christmas, what we're not going to do is go into this next year robbing God. And we did it. And it moved us beyond our previous points of resistance. What was our previous points of resistance? We tithed when we thought we could. We tithed when we, when we felt like we had enough. If we, we, if we, check, could, the if we check the check, if we had enough money this week, if we got some overtime, then we pay some tithe. But if we didn't, we need to do something else, then we didn't. But this revelation moved us beyond that point. And when we move beyond that point, mm -hmm. we saw God's provision in a way we had not. It took us to a new level, level of, of success. success. And on. we've been, that's why the Bible says you go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Because for the past 20 something years, we have been going from faith to faith and glory to glory in all types of things. The righteousness of God, healing, um, and in wealth. Yeah. We've been going and it's allowed us to have a new level of success. Yes. I want you to put this in the comment, comments right now. Say, God is inviting me into a new level of success. God is inviting Edwin into a new level of success. God is inviting Sean into a new you level of success. You ought to put your name in there. You ought to put God your name in there. God is inviting me into a new yes. level of success. God is inviting Edwin into a new level of success. And I think that this is very important because I know the Apostle Paul says that I have learned to be content in mm -hmm. whatever state I'm in. Mm -hmm. But I can be grateful and still moving forward. Yeah, He said I learned to be content, not stuck. <laughs> I learn to be content, not yes. stuck, yes. right? And so I think what can happen for people is that for many of you, this is going to be I like your breakthrough. Your names in I love that I you're love putting it. your names in there. It. This is going to be a new level of breakthrough for some of you because here is where your situation is different. You make more than everybody in your family mm -hmm. now. You have more in savings. Mm -hmm. You have more in retirement. And other people are looking at you saying you should be content. But when you look at your life, you know that you cannot do, you have not yet done everything yep. God has put in your heart. Yep. So what you need to do now, here's the thing. When, when an invitation is issued, it must be accepted. Mm -hmm. When an invitation is, is issued, it's like if they have a wedding and they say, we want you to RSVP. Now you need to RSVP to God's invitation. Mm -hmm. God, you are inviting me. I say yes. You know that when you get an invitation, you can say yes mm -hmm. or you can say no with yep. regret. Yep. You don't want to say no with regret. God. So God has <laughs> invited you. Now it's time for you to say, and yes, I'll attend. Mm. And yes, I'll come into a new level of success. Come on. I need y'all to get this RSVP in. And you know, many times when you're having an event, 
if you don't RSVP in a certain amount of time, yes, it counts as a no. It counts as a no. Yes. Don't miss this open Ooh, window of heaven. I say because yes to God's you are invitation. you you talking about, I gotta I think about it. Yes. I gotta look at it. I gotta see if my husband mm -hmm. coming too. I gotta see if my wife coming. Mm -hmm. I gotta see if my best friend come. No, I am coming to this event. I am coming into the new level of success mm -hmm. that God has for me. Yeah. Amen. I and if you it. believe you receive that, you ought to go ahead and give him some praise. Somebody ought to say, I say yes to God's invitation. I say yes to God's invitation. I, say yes I am to coming invitation. to the party. Amen. I am coming to the party. And here's why it's important for you to say yes. yes. You have to say yes because there is nobody else, nobody else who can make the decision for you personally to move beyond the boundaries that societal inertia or attacks from the enemy have taken you before. You have to make that decision. You have to make that you decision. You have to say yes. You have to return the invitation to God saying, God, I'm willing to go all the way with you. Remember several, several months ago, we were preaching about how God will take you into the deep. That he'll take you ankle deep first. Then he'll take you knee deep. Then he'll take you waist deep. Then he'll call you out so you're swimming in that thing. We need to be swimming in the what God has called us to be. Not just wading in the water. We want to swim in what God has called us. But we can't go beyond that unless we're willing to say yes to God's invitation. Amen. I love it. Amen. And so then based on that, I want us to just begin. Let's talk about these yeah. seven things that we have learned. And, and they're not in any particular order, I would say. But, but we've learned to say yes to God. And in saying yes to God, these are the things that we have done in our life that has produced the results that we currently have. And we believe they're going to continue to produce additional results. Amen. So the first thing you need to do, if you're going to understand and, and receive this revelation, that's going to cause you to have this sudden burst uh, of, of enthusiastic movement toward all of your previous points of resistance is that the first thing you need to know is that God will give you a plan of action. He will give you a plan of action. Wherever you are today, whatever situation you're in, wherever you are at this moment, you need to know and believe that God will give you a plan of, of action. action. Without question, the necessity of a God-ordained plan for your future and for your success and for your life is needed. Don't let people tell you God's not a planner. Yes, he is. You can look at this. You can look at this universe. No, God's a planet. Mm -hmm. You can. You know the day and night exists. We listen. We God is such a planner. We know when the sun is going to set and when it's going to go down. Why? Because God's system and the way He's orchestrated this entire universe is so planned. And so, don't let people tell you that it's not holy to plan. God ain't got no problem with a plan. As long as you are flexible, if he changes the plan. Come on. And somebody told me, they said, well, I, they say that God, they say things like uh, God doesn't change. So if God didn't change, how would he change the plan? I said, well, all you got to do is look at God in, in, in the Bible, right? He told Abraham, do what? Take your son to, uh, up, to, up to the mountain and do what? Sacrifice him. But when he got ready to obey him, what did he say? He said, hold up. He said, now there's a ram in the bush for you. So we tell people all the time, you got to hear what God said, but also hear what God is saying you got to hear what god said but also hear what god is saying why because there are times that god tells you something to get you to where he needs to be so he can give you the next piece of information well and i'd like to add to this thing sure. about god not changing the arrogance is, is in me believing that i know all the dimensions of god absolutely it, it, it's really like our children mm -hmm. one of the things that we talk to our children about is that you don't know us before we had right. kids 
So there are parts of our personality that you have never seen. Mm -hmm. If you see them, that doesn't mean we change. It means they've now been revealed to you. So some of it is in our arrogance that we have this tendency to try to frame God in our image instead of stepping into his image. So just because I haven't seen God do it doesn't mean God changed. It means that I I got a new revelation about a dispensation of God that I didn't know about. And here's what's important. We know because we understand that there are five expectations whenever you walk in faith. Mm-hmm. And in those five expectations, we talk about God giving you wisdom. We talk about God giving you a plan of action. That God, you can expect favor. That you can expect a miracle. You can't you can't predict one, but you can be an expectation of one. Mm-hmm. And then you can have strength to endure to change comes. That plan of action is something that comes from God. It's not just this... Um, this mental thing that we do because we try to figure that we're so smart, we try to plan it out. No, we actually go to God and we say, God, what would you have Edwin and Sean? What would you have the strictness to do in this situation? And then whatever God says is what the plan becomes. We don't let our intellect uh, overthink God. And I think sometimes people get into situations where God will tell them to do something and it doesn't line up with what they think makes sense. And because they don't think it makes sense, they don't do it. But we always say it don't have to make sense. It's just got to make what? Just got to make God. Just got to make God. Well, and I think it's something important to think about because I see this being a challenge in marriages sometimes because we're sharing our own story. Absolutely. And what I think is that a lot of times what happens for married couples is that they get in agreement about a plan. And then they think they both have to do the same steps in order to get there. Right. right? And we think of marriage more like musical harmony Mm -hmm. than unison. Mm -hmm. So when, for example, so when we have a plan to level up financially Mm -hmm. in our family, the instructions God gives you. It's not going to be the instructions that God gives me Absolutely. because we're not called to the same work. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I see a lot of times with couples, and I'll be honest, I see it more with women, maybe because I talk to women more, okay. right? Is that God will tell a woman to step out and do something with a business, to step out and do something with a career, right? And she's trying to pull her husband along instead of understanding that what God is telling me to do, it's going to complement what God is telling you to do. So for example, you may be in a marriage and God is telling you to go and learn and understand some things about cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. In fact, that was one of the things, that was one of the instructions God gave you, right? And while I play in cryptocurrency a little bit, I don't do what you do because that's not the instruction he told me to do. While he was over there teaching you about this, he was teaching me about things in my business. And so I think it's very important for couples to understand that unity does not mean we both have to have on a blue shirt in order for us to be on the same page. Unity means we agree that this is the destination we want to get to. What are the strengths that Ellen has? What are the strengths that Sean has that when we do, then we will get there? Absolutely. Does that, that make it, it sense? It makes perfect sense. And it actually goes along with our next scripture, which is 1 Timothy 4.15. 1 Timothy 4.15 in the New Living Translation says this. It says, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task 
so that everyone will see your progress. When God gives you a plan, you got to give your attention to it. One of the things that I have always tried to do is that when you say that God told you to do something, is I trust the God in you. Thank you. But I also understand that just because God told you to do something doesn't mean I have to do it. Come on. You know, and I mean, it's something as simple as this. If you say, hey, the Lord told me for the next 30 days to get up at 530 and pray. I'm like, praise God. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Just because he told you to get up and pray at 530, it doesn't mean I now have to get up and pray at 530. And, and, and married couples, I said something on my Facebook page the other day, needs to understand that you can be married, you can be in unity without having to do the same exact things. You know, uh, when, even when we were both working to lose weight, we didn't do it the same. We didn't do God the same gave thing. us different plans. You know, uh, you're an entrepreneur. I don't mind doing some things like that, but I wouldn't be happy doing what you do all the time. You wouldn't be happy doing what I do all the time. So what I do is I support you in what you do and you support me in what I do. And we both live out the plan that God has for our lives. Because what we understand is that if we follow God's plans, then we be will be commended for our obedience to his instructions. Now, let's take it a step further. If you now come to my plan and that's not God's plan for you, it's actually disobedience for you because you're neglecting the task that yeah. he has called you yeah. to and you're not doing what God is telling you to do. So the thing that I would like to insert here is what has God told you mm -hmm. to do? Do what God has told you to do and quit worrying. This is what old folks would say. Quit worrying the fool out your spouse trying to make them be you. God doesn't put couples together for them to be the same. He puts them together because covenant strengths cover weaknesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. And here's the thing. So step number one is that you need a plan of action. Yes. And here's why you don't despise a plan of action. We see in scripture that God gave Noah a plan. We know that God gave Noah a plan. And the Bible says in Genesis 6.22 in the King James Version, it says, thus Noah did it. He did God's plan according to all that God commanded him. So he did it. And we know that because Noah did it, it was to the saving of not only his family, but also to, to, to other things on the earth, all the animals and those things that were in the ark, right? And then we see this again. It shows up in Genesis 7 and 5. And anytime something shows up again with the same thing, you know it's important. You know it's important. In Genesis 7 and 5, it shows up again. It says, and Noah did what? According, all, according to, to all, all that the Lord commanded him. Ask yourself, am I doing all that the Lord had commanded me? Because a lot of times people say, well, God gave me a plan and it didn't work. No, God gave you a plan and you didn't work the plan. And you didn't work the plan. Because God is never flawed. So if somebody's got to be flawed, guess what? It ain't God. And so it, it, it ties back to our teaching that we've talked about in Ecclesiastes 11. Yep. He says to sow your seed and work. Yep. To do the work he's telling you to do. So understand what he's saying. So number one, part of my plan has to be where are you telling me to sow? Yep. How consistently are you telling me yep. to sow? And where are you telling me to work? And how are you telling me to work? And I want to also parenthetically insert this because these are the Strickland life things, yep. right? Many times we see people in the body of Christ who because God has shown you right here. You won't take the steps to get right there. You just want to be there. You just want to be there. So what we see for people sometimes is you don't have a job. Mm. You don't have a job. Ah, yeah, yeah. Now, God has shown you that you're going to be in senior leadership at a company. Mm -hmm. But someone offers you a cashier job. Mm -hmm. But you don't have 
a, a job. job. A job. So you turn down a, a job. job, not understanding that God can use a job mm -hmm. to get you to the job. Yep. And I'm going to continue to say that because a lot of times what happens for people is the illustration that you use that we know somebody who did not have a car and someone gave them a Honda Accord. Yep. And they a new, a new Honda Accord, and they said, I don't want this because God showed me me driving a Mercedes. That is foolishness. That is presumption. That is ignorance. That is arrogance. And that is pride. Mm -hmm. It is okay for us to go from faith to faith to glory to glory. Absolutely. So if God has shown you, hey, I'm going to be in senior level in, in education, right? Yep. Everybody knows this. If you're going to be in senior level in education in a traditional public school mm -hmm. setting, you must be a teacher first. Yep. So for you to say, God showed me this, but I'm not going to teach, man, you really missing out on what God is trying to do in your life because the Bible actually tells us this. He told us this about the children of Israel. He says, if I cleared all the enemies out, mm -hmm. the wild animals would mm -hmm. overtake you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to increase you little by little. little and by little. many people are missing getting to their acceleration because they don't follow the little by little instructions. So whatever task God is telling you to do, you do them. And do we, what he told you to do. And the last part of that is that when God gives you a plan, because God is so strategic, God doesn't, he's going to give you a plan and the plan he's give you is going to have these variables. It's going to be specific. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something you can measure. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something you can take action on. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something that is realistic. Mm -hmm. When I say realistic, what I mean is God doesn't tell you, uh, you're going to be a billionaire tomorrow and you don't have a job today. You ain't got a business today. Somebody was talking about, how the, remember that time somebody told us they were going to be a billionaire and we were asking them how much they make right now and were they, were they going to increase you know, their money? And they said they made like $60,000. I was like, you're going to have to work another 177,000 years no, really. or whatever it was to be a billionaire if you don't increase. And that's the very interesting thing that sometimes people say that God has shown them something. And the Bible says in, 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 I believe in Luke, it says, what man goes to war without counting up the Absolutely. cost? So we hear these conversations about, oh, I want to be a millionaire. Oh, I want to be a billionaire. But you don't even know the numbers. And you know this because I've been teaching yep. my people this. If you tell me you want to make $100,000 as an entrepreneur, you must average $8,333.33 each month in order to get yes, there. Yes. So when you don't have something that's measurable, yes. you're going to be disappointed because you're going to be saying, I'm going to be a millionaire this year. I'm, well, I'm going to make six figures this year. How much did your business make last month? $4,000. Well, $4,000 is yeah, good, yeah. But, but, you're, but you're not on track. But you're not on track. So when we have a, pro a plan that's specific, that's measurable, that's actionable and realistic and grounded with specific timelines, then what we know is whether we are on track, behind track, or in front of track. Absolutely. In, in the reality, and God ain't against none of that. He ain't against, he ain't against none of that. And we had to learn that, and you're going to have to learn that. God is not against plans. Our plans never supersede God, and they're always flexible to change with the word of God. But we have plans. We count up the cost of going to war in every endeavor that we do because we understand if we don't, then we're not going to be successful. Because here's the thing. Could God have someone give you $100,000 Absolutely he could. Yes. But what if he don't? Yeah. Now How you go get there? Because of the five expectations, that's the that's 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 one of them. That's the miracle. The miracle. But he can give you a wisdom 
He can give you plan of action. He can give you favor and he can give you strength and do it to change come. And all four of those have the potential to work as well, just like working on a miracle for somebody to give you a hundred dollars. Amen. So, and then number two, so after you get a plan of action, you have to stand on the word. You gotta stand on it. You have to stand on you the word. You can't waver. Once you have heard from God, confer no, no longer, longer with, with flesh, flesh and blood. Confer no so longer. when God showed me things about my business, even when the experts told me it couldn't be done, mm -hmm. I didn't listen to them. I didn't listen to them because they did not know what God told me. And that is why you need to know for yourself what God has told you so that in times of adversity, mm -hmm. in times of pressure, mm -hmm. you don't cave in mm -hmm. and you do not quit, mm -hmm. right? So Acts 15 and 31, it says, um, well, let me back up. It says, when, when we are living this dream God has for us, right? We're going to find the direction we yeah. need in the word. Yeah. We're going to find the encouragement we need in the word. We're going to find the comfort we need in the word. Yeah. We're going to find the peace we need, the strength we need, and the power we need. And it's going to be in the word. All of it's going to be found All of it's going to be found in the word. I and I was in Milwaukee yesterday and I heard a lady say something that was so good. And I was saying to you that in Milwaukee, a lot of people talk about going down south. And she used this illustration regarding living your God-given destiny. And she said, many of you don't have enough word to sustain what God told you. Mm -hmm. She said, and it's like putting $5 of gas in your tank and thinking you're going to make it to Arkansas. You're not going to make it to Arkansas from Milwaukee. So as God gives us plans, as God gives us dreams and visions, we want to keep feeding ourselves with the word so we have the fuel to keep going. Tell your neighbor, say, the word is the fuel I need to keep going. Because it's going to give me direction. Direction. Encouragement, comfort, peace, strength, and the power that I need to continue. I love it. Absolutely. So it's just like when we're standing for healing. The reason mm, we keep mm -hmm. looking at healing scriptures yes. is because the healing scriptures keep giving us mm. fuel. Mm -hmm. So if I'm believing God yeah. for wealth, yeah. I keep looking at the wealth scriptures because the wealth scriptures keep giving me fuel. And so many times you got to ask yourself if you're believing God to break out a financial famine, do you actually know any scriptures yeah. that give you fuel you about that? On? What are you standing on? It, it gotta be, it's got to be more than hope and wish. You need to be standing on the word. And that's what we had to learn. Yes, we heard people say that God wanted us to have more. God wanted us to have better. God wanted us to succeed. That all sounded good and we wanted it. But where is the word? Because the word is the foundation. What are we going to believe in? And that's why we tell people, that's why you got to love the word. Because if you love the word, you'll spend time with it. And the more you spend time with it, more the more it undergirds you. The more it builds you up, the, the more good, solid of a That's foundation good. you get with the word. Right. And then in Acts 15 and 31, the Amplified Bible says, and when they read it, the mm, word, the word, when, when they, they read, the read it, the people rejoiced at the consolation and encouragement it brought them. Wait, you got to read that again. And when they read it, what did they read? The word. They read the word. The people rejoiced they were at the consolation. The word consoled mm -hmm. them and it encouraged them to move forward. Amen. Many of you live so up and down because you don't read the word. Oh, and you say things like, I deserve. Here's the thing. I see women say this a lot. 
I deserve to have luxury, but do you have faith for it? Mm. Are you participating in the plan of God? Because just because we deserve something doesn't mean we're ever going to access it. And then the kingdom of God, everything is accessed by faith. How does faith come? From the word. What is the word going to give me? Consolation and encouragement, instruction, direction, strength, and power. And what many times happens for people is that when you find out God has something for you, particularly in the area of finances, you start chasing that and you neglect the word. And so then you believe God as long as the promotions are coming, mm. as long as the clients are signing up. Mm. But when the pressure comes, you're not anchored by the word because your trust wasn't in the word. Your trust was in what other people were doing. Come on. And that's the reason why we sit when we look at our life, we go, okay, we go to God and we need a plan of action. And once we get a plan of action, then we are in his word. Why? Because his word has given us that consolation and that encouragement when we read it. Because what the word does is it gives us inside information yes. about our plan. Yes. It gives us inside information about our plan. And it just it causes us. To, to be able to keep going even in difficult times. Why? Because we're getting inside information about, about things that are happening before it even happens. That's what the Word of God does for us. And this is really what makes us distinctively different than the world. Mm. We have a plan, but we don't trust the plan. Mm. We trust God. Yes. Because that's just like in 2020 when the Lord told me not to launch my business class the way I wanted to and to teach about healing. Right. I teaching about healing was the plan. He doesn't tell me that the numbers are going to produce right, from that. Right. The numbers are going to produce from the obedience. Yes. And then he causes me to increase in a way that I don't expect to happen while I'm following the instructions. So what makes believers distinctly different than the world is that when the world gets a plan, they trust the plan. I hate when people say, trust the process. We don't trust no process. We trust God. The process may not always work. Mm -hmm. Somebody may drop the ball in the process. We only we trust the process if God gave the process. Like we trust, we trust the process in the kingdom of God. Yes. Because God gave that process. Yes. Those are the processes that we trust. Yes. We trust the processes like of God. We trust the processes of God. But when I say we don't trust the process, I mean, we don't believe that just because we go to school and get a good right, education right. and we apply for a job and the people liked us in the interview that the job is now right, ours. Right. We believe that if we do the things God is telling us to do, we will get what he told we us. We trust the God of we the We trust process. the God of the process. Amen. Tell your name say, trust God, not the process. And why, and why is that important? Because when you don't get the raise that you thought you were going to get. Come on. When you don't get the promotion that you thought you were going to get. When, when something doesn't come through that you thought was going to happen, what are you going to do? Well, you better stand on the word. But if you don't have word in you, you don't have anything to stand on. So you got to stand on the word. Well, and we need to understand. You just said something that I thought was so good. Many people, and I really want y'all to hear this. When God promises us increase, he has multiple ways to get it to sure. us. So what will happen sometimes is you go in for a raise and they say no. And you let your faith go. Mm -hmm. And because you let your faith go, you miss what you would have done. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give y'all a funny illustration about this. The other day I was messing with you. You had some money in your hand, right? Mm -hmm. I said, babe, give me $100, mm -hmm. right? You said, I'll give it to you when I get back. Mm -hmm. But you didn't give me the $100 when I got back, right? 
You no, see how quiet he got? He ain't oh, this is your story. He didn't give me a hundred dollars when I got back. <laughs> Do you know that while I was gone, five people walked up to me and specifically gave me a hundred dollar bill? See, and if I had gave it to you, they may not have done that. Strict. That ain't the point. <laughs> that ain't the point. The point here is though that even in just joking with you about giving me the money, God was like, I have multiple sure, ways absolutely. to get you what absolutely. you need. Absolutely. I didn't let go of my faith that I would get the hundred dollars and God raised up other people to do it. So you got to pay attention to Gail laughing at you. He think that's funny. <laughs> you got to let, you got to pay attention when God gives you a word about absolutely. what he's going to do that we don't get tied in. My boss said, no, my husband said, no, my wife said, no, I still trust God. And if I stay in integrity with God, I will end up with everything he said. Absolutely. absolutely. Right. This is so good. Right. Ephesians 6, 13 through 17, it says in the message translation, it says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Mm -hmm. Take all the help you can get. Mm -hmm. Every weapon every has weapon. it, every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Mm -hmm. Truth, righteousness, peace. Faith and salvation are more than words. More than words. Learn, Learn. how to apply them. Mm -hmm. Learn how to apply them. You will need them throughout your life. Mm. God's word is an indispensable weapon. My God. Be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> Be prepared. Because you're because right now you're looking to break through. And what you're wanting to break through in two is far greater than what you can handle on your own and god says so then take all the help you can get take all the what, help you what's can the get. help you can get every weapon that i have made available for you every weapon that's been issued to you he said so that when it's all said and done you're going to still be on your feet you're going to still be winning you're going to still come out on top you're going to still be the one everybody's Glory looking to at god. he says listen i'm telling you that righteousness peace Faith and salvation, they are much more than words. They're just, they're more than just he words. He said, and because they're more than words, learn how to apply them. They're tools. Learn how to use them in your life. He says, why? Because you're going to need them throughout your entire life. Not one time, not five times, not 12 times. You're going to need them your entire life. He says, God's word is an indispensable weapon. In other words, we need God's word for everything. So what I hear you saying is I may put down a lot of things in life, My but what God. I won't put down is the word. Which is why we need a plan of action and which is why we also understand that we need to stand on God's word. Number three, not only do we stand on the word, mm. we obey we the obey word. Because confessing the word without obeying the word does not bring mm. peace and prosperity. That's right. It says in Luke 11 and 28, it says, but but he said, blessed, happy, and to be envious. Rather are those that hear the word of God, obey it, and practice mm -hmm. it. The blessings belong to those who hear, obey, and practice. Practice indicates consistency. Mm -hmm. I don't just do it once. Are y'all being blessed by this teaching it, today? I obey it I and I practice it. it. I obey it and I practice Somebody it. Somebody ought to say that. Say, I hear the word. I obey the word. I practice the word. I hear the word. I hear the word. I obey the, I word, obey the word. And I practice, and I practice the, the word. word. 
So to obey the word, I must be sure that I understand what the word is saying. So here are four questions we ask ourselves mm -hmm. about the word. We do. What does the verse say? When we're reading it, what does it say? What does it mm -hmm. say? Right? What does it mean? Right. What does it mean from both a historical standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, and from a present day societal standpoint for our own personal lives. The word has meaning that surpasses just what we read. The Holy Spirit will breathe on that word Come on. and give you revelation. Come it. on. Now, this is good because I really want y'all to think about it like this. Here's a good example. They use the scripture where they talk about it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven um, than it is to get a camel through the eye, the eye of, of a needle, needle. Mm -hmm. right? When you don't understand what this verse means, you're going to misappropriate the oh, intent of this scripture. Because what you're going to say is, this is why people shouldn't be rich. Because it's harder say. for a rich man to get into heaven than a, than a camel to get through the eye of a needle. Because and if your only understanding of an eye of a needle is an actual needle, then you're thinking, how does a camel get through a needle eye? And so then you think what you when you read that scripture, mm -hmm. you think it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But you would have to understand that culturally, yes. that during that time, cities had gates. They had walls. That's cities. walls. That's, That's right. how they kept the enemies out. You would have to understand that the gates were open during the day, mm -hmm. but they closed at night. So when a wealthy man came through, he had to unpack, unpack his, his camel. camel walk the stuff through and get his camel to, to get to down on his knees to bring gate. down. Right. That's not impossible. It's just different kind of work. It was a cultural reference. It was a cultural reference. It never said anything about not being rich. So now you have somebody who only know needles because they grandma sew mm. trying to apply this scripture to now teach us falsely that God says that we should not try to be rich. So they built a whole theology around false information because they had no cultural or historical significance to what the eye of a needle was in terms of a, of a, a walled off city. So even today, we still need to understand contextually yes. and culturally what scripture says. Mm -hmm. So that means we need to use our commentary. Yes. We want to know what was happening in Greece when Paul said what mm -hmm. he said. We want to know what was happening in Ephesus when God said what he said so that we can now answer this question. What, what does, does this, this verse have, have to, to do, do with me? me? What does this verse have to do with me today? What does this verse have to do with me today? I don't know if she's on here, but this morning somebody was asking this question and they were asking about the Ten Commandments and they were asking about law versus grace, mm -hmm. right? And I was saying, here's the very thing, because now, because she wanted to know what these scriptures had mm -hmm. to do with her. So I said to her very simply, Jesus gave us a new law. In that new law, he says what? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and body, mm -hmm. right? And then he says to love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? If you are doing that, you will not break the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. There is no way that you commit mm -hmm. adultery when you love God, you love yourself, and you love your neighbor. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so now she now knows what to do with these scriptures that if my goal is to love God, 
more than anything else. If my goal is to love my neighbor as my love myself of myself, I won't be envious. I won't be jealous. I wouldn't murder. I wouldn't do all of these things. I need to know what does this scripture have to do with me? And because many people do not take the time to get any cultural understanding, you have thrown away things that apply to you and you have picked up things that don't apply to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then number four, how can I apply this new understanding to my mm -hmm. life? Mm -hmm. How can I apply? And you've heard me teach this for the last several weeks, so I'm not going to open up the scripture. But in 2 Corinthians in the Amplified, when it says God is unwilling to do without a quick prompt to do giver whose heart is in his giving, mm -hmm. I put myself in that yeah, scripture. So to. then now what happens is how do I how does this scripture apply to me? God is unwilling to do without me if I'm willing to do these things. How do I apply this to my life? I become a person who sows yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So next, what's next? Proverbs 8.32. Proverbs 8.32. It says, so my dear friends, listen carefully. Those who embrace these my way, embrace these my ways are most blessed. Mark a life of discipline and live wisely. Now notice what he said. Mark a life of what? Discipline. Discipline and live wisely. So those are two, th those are actionable things that we must do. We can't wait for God to come down and make us, make us have discipline. We can't come wait for That's God to come babe. down and make us live right. We have to choose that. And in choosing, then the Holy Spirit will undergird us and support us. But we have to make this choice here. You know what I see in that scripture too? If I'm not disciplined, I'm not wise. Mm, I can't live wise. If, I, I, if, if I'm I not disciplined, disciplined, I can't live wise. Mm -hmm. It says, don't squander your precious life. Mm -hmm. That is so good. Bless the man. Bless the woman. Empowered to prosper. It's, empowered to prosper is the man. Empowered to prosper is the woman who listens to me. Mm -hmm. Awake and ready for me each morning mm. alert and responsive as i start my day's work that is that that is consistency uh exemplified mm -hmm. <laughs> he says listen blessed is the man and blessed is the woman who listens to me awake and ready for me each morning he says are you going to be willing to obey me every day not just on the days you feel like it not just on the days that the things are going good will you do it every day he says will you find me you will find life, when real you find life. Me. When you find me, you will find life, real life, to say to say nothing of God's good pleasure. And what's he talking about in the scripture? Wisdom. Yeah. He says, when you pursue wisdom, when you go after wisdom, right, and you mark your life and you live wisely, what's going to happen is you're going to find your real life. Tell your neighbor, say, it's time to find your real it's life. It's time to find my real life. It's time life. to find your real life. My he real says, life. when you will, ex Proverbs constantly tells us, in Isaiah, it tells us that one of the spirits of the Holy Spirit, one of the facets of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. wisdom. Yep. He says, if you will pursue wisdom above silver, above gold, above a husband, above a wife, if you will pursue wisdom, Wisdom will cause you to live your real life. Mm -hmm. That is so good. So we need a plan. So what we operate with is the plan of action. Plan of action. We stand on God's word. Amen. Which means we take time to study God's word. And then we obey God's word. Yes. Not just when it's convenient. But yes. we obey God's word, whether it's whether we feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth thing that we talk about is that we spend time, and we can stop after this when we come back and revisit the others. Okay. But we talk about speaking faith out of our mouth. We speak God's word. It's one thing to stand on it. 
and you need to stand on it, but you need to be constantly speaking because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth is going to speak. And so we speak faith out of our mouth. Being positive, you know, when we talk about being positive, that can come easy to some people. To other people, it doesn't. The latter group will often blame everybody else as to why they're so negative. The truth of the matter is we can all be positive if we learn to speak faith because faith is positive. That's faith right. is now. That's right. Faith happens now. How do we get to choose how we live? The Bible talks in Matthew 12, 36 and 37. It says this. It says, but I say unto you that every idle word, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your or thy words, thou shall be what? Justified. Justified. But also by those words, you shall be what? Condemned. So I get to choose <laughs> the words that I speak. Are they going to be words to justify me in Christ Jesus? Or are they going to be words that condemn me? Come on, sir. In Christ Jesus. You According to Strong's Concordance, the phrase every idle word means every non-productive, every lazy and every one who shuns labor. So if you lazy and you don't want to work and you don't speak the right words, he said, those are non-productive things. Those are idle words. I love, I, I, I love this Strong's Concordance right here because it says, listen here, how does God define an idle word? Mm -hmm. And you remember years ago, we used to talk about this. A lot of people speak idle words because you're keeping it real. Mm -hmm. And it, idle words don't build your faith, though. But keeping it real won't build your faith. That's right. Idle words in the kingdom are whatever we say that contradicts what God says. Because they're non-productive. Because they are non-productive mm -hmm. words in the kingdom, which means they won't produce work mm -hmm. in the kingdom. That's they right. won't produce results. Yep. So he says, here's what happens. I'm saying to you that every idle word, every, every non-productive yep. word, every lazy word, yep. think about this. Why do we use lazy words in the kingdom? Because we're frustrated with somebody, because mm -hmm. we're aggravated with mm -hmm. somebody. So it's easier to vomit out what we really want to say about a person or a situation than to say what God is saying yep. about the person or the situation, yep. right? And he says, but look at what he says. He says, you're going to give an account of in the day of judgment. That is not judgment heaven. No. That is in your real life mm -hmm. when that harvest for those yep. words comes That's in. the judgment. Come the on, harvest. somebody. The harvest the har is the judgment. The harvest is the judgment. Yep. So you keep saying, I don't never have any money. Or as soon as I get paid, I'm already broke. So on payday, that's your judgment mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And on payday, you are either going to be justified because you say, my God supplies all of my needs according mm -hmm. to his riches and glory. Yep. Or you're going to be condemned and have lack because you say, whenever I get paid, the money is gone. Does that make sense to you guys? And here's the thing. When you speak those idle words, what they do over time, little by little, is they start to erode or destroy your faith. They start to take, it's, it's like if you take a big rock, and the best thing I can, if you take a massive rock, and every every idle word is like a hammer slamming against it. You may slam against that thing 50 times before something chips, but every one of those 49 hits before that has weakened it. And that 50th hit is when, it, is when the, a piece of it falls off. You got to be careful you're not chipping away at your faith. Mm, you got to so be good. you got to be careful you're not using your mouth to chip away at your faith. You got a plan of action. You're standing on the word. 
you're obeying the word. So you got to make sure you're using your mouth to go in alignment with that and not work against those other three things. And that's what we had to learn to do. And I want to use this as an example, which isn't a money example. And then you can read that scripture. Okay. Um, the Lord, number one, the Lord gave me a vision of our marriage, the marriage we have now. Mm -hmm. He gave that vision to me. And I can remember that one of the instructions that he gave me is he told me that I needed to list everything I loved about you. Every day, wasn't it? Or, every or day. Every morning. You, you, every, every morning. This before. In the beginning, I didn't have a lot of things I loved about you at the time. <laughs> it was a struggle, wasn't it? It was a struggle, <laughs> right? It was a struggle. Real talk. I mean, because I've always loved you, but the truth of it is we didn't always like each other, right? right? We right, didn't like right. each other. And some of the reason we didn't like each and other- told each other that. And told each other that. <laughs> and some of the reason we didn't like each other is because we were immature. Yep. We didn't have high social, uh, we didn't have high emotional IQ. I certainly didn't. Right? And we kept trying to make each other be us. Mm -hmm. So when we did things differently, we didn't know how to bring our differences together. So many times we were acting as enemies to each other mm -hmm. instead of being on the same mm -hmm. team. I remember this. Whenever somebody reads this scripture, I think about how I'm now justified by my words. Mm -hmm. He said to me, every morning before you wake, when you wake up, before you get out of bed, before you pray, I want you to list the things you like about Edward. In the beginning, all I had about you was two things. Number one, you were funny. Mm. And number two, you were a good provider. Mm. Those were my things, right? It's been all of these years later, right? And when I wake up, I can still hear myself listing all the things I mm. love about you. Here was the promise that was attached to that. The Lord said to me, because I want to speak to somebody who's thinking about throwing away their relationship and God didn't tell you to throw away your relationship. Mm. You just frustrated with your relationship, mm. right? Talk because there is a difference between a relationship that is being attacked because the enemy doesn't want you to be together because of how powerful you are mm -hmm. and a relationship where you're going through because you never should be in it, mm -hmm. which is why you want to hear God. I knew God told me to marry you. Mm. I knew that. I knew that. And so he said to me, he said, Sean, if you will do what I tell you to do, your marriage will have days of heaven on the earth. So now when I think about how good our marriage is, it ain't perfect, but it's pretty dang close. Mm -hmm, I like when it. I think about how good our marriage is, it was all of those years of sowing the right word. To be, and now I get to Proverbs says, You will eat the fruit, fruit of them. Of them yes. Today, I am eating the fruit of saying, Edwin is funny, mm. Edwin is smart, Edwin is wise. I can trust Edwin with my life, Edwin takes good care of me. Edwin loves me. Even when Edwin doesn't agree with me, he's always going to protect me. Now I'm eating the fruit of that. Some of you are wondering why you're not eating different fruit, but your seeds, they can only condemn you because all you speak is net, is ugly words over your situation. Yep. Listen, I saw uh, one of the comments that scrolled by uh, from Coach Jones. And one of the things Coach Jones said was that he said, I've been chipping away uh, uh, he said, I've been chipping, I've been chipping away. And, and, and here's the thing I'll tell you who, not just coach Jones, anybody, if you catch yourself and you, you realize today, because remember what we said earlier, we said the breakthrough when we gave our definition was a sudden burst of revelation. 
that enthusiastically moves us beyond all previous points of past resistance, bringing us into new levels yes. of success. Mm -hmm. The moment that you realize you've been chipping away at the things in your life by using your idle words, you can change. You can change. So, so today, coach, you can change. I today, love that. This you moment, can change right today. Now, you can start saying, you know what? I am going to take a vacation. I am going to I am going to make more money. I am, and just start saying the right words because I'm telling you in the same way that it may take 49 hits before that 50th one hits and the chip fall off, it may take 49 times saying the right thing, but on that 50 one that revelation and that I mean that, that manifestation is going to show up. That harvest is going to show up. So for anybody out there who's heard today, you heard the word and you feel like, "Man, I've been chipping away at my own success." Do not beat yourself up one moment longer. Do not beat yourself up. Just decide right now, I'm changing. I'm going to get a sudden burst of revelation, and it's going to enthusiastically move me beyond all of my previous points of resistance. I'm doing it right now, today. And so some of you, we'll wrap up with this right here, but some of you, here's some things that you need to start saying about your life mm. every single day. You need to say, I live a good life. Mm -hmm. God takes good care yes. of me. Everything, it's the language for it's, me. It's the language. It's the daily it's language the daily you have to language. use. You got, you got to say, look, here are some things I say every day. Every day I say, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I'm not going to experience premature death. Every day I say, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He's giving me everything that I need. You know, whether I write the command your day or whether Pastor Ralph writes the command your day, I read those every morning. I read it too. I read them every morning. Why? Because every morning it gets to set my day with saying the right things. And I can't explain how important language is. Language, language matters. matters. And some what of you, you say matters. If you didn't take yourself um, a plug for my husband, him and Pastor Ralph, they put together a program called command your day and they send a they send a declaration a confession out five days a week if you haven't signed up for that you need to Man. sign up for that and you can message one of them and they'll get you the link because think, for some people they've got in the habit of saying the wrong language yeah command your day was designed so that so that the language would help them so they would help help change their language every day yeah so we love you guys so much. And we're going to come back and talk about more of these because we have a couple of more. But we want to read Luke 645 before we finish. Yes, sir. So let's read Luke 645. We'll finish with, with this scripture right here. Luke 645. It says the upright, honorable, intrinsically good man out of the good treasure was stored in his heart produces what is upright, honorable, and intrinsically good. So what he says is, look, if you are a good man, and you get the, you get the, and he defines good as not your actions. He's talking about what's in your heart. If what's in your heart is good, if what's in your heart is not a bunch of idle words, mm -hmm. but they're words of faith, mm -hmm. he says, then out of your good treasure, what's stored up in your heart, he says, you are going to produce what is upright. Yes. You're going to produce what's honorable. Yes. You're going to produce what's good. He said, and conversely, an evil man. Out of the evil storehouse, what does he bring forth? He brings forth that which is depraved, wicked, and intrinsically evil. Why? He says, for out of the abundance, he says, the overflow of a man's heart is what his mouth is going to speak. So if you find yourself uh, spending time saying idle words, it's because you, want, you have more idle words in your heart than you have good words. 
But praise mm. God, you can, can change, change it. it. You, can <laughs> you are not a tree. You can move. You can, change. <laughs> you can change. You can change. Listen, speaking words of faith builds your future. It positions you for continual breakthrough. Whereas using a bunch of idle words will eventually erode your faith away. And so this morning, we want to say to you, when people say, well, what do y'all do? We talk to each other. We challenge each other. What's, what is God saying to you? What's your plan of action? We've been talking about what is God saying for 2022? Mm -hmm. We've got some stuff we're going to share for you, with you in the next couple of weeks about what we believe God has said for Fellowship of Champions and all of our partners to look forward to in 2022. Now, I'm telling you, it's good. It's good. I'm telling you, it's good. It's you don't want to be here the next couple of weeks as we reveal this. So we need a plan of action. And once we get that plan of action, we need to make sure that we have another word that we can actually stand on. Mm -hmm. We stand on the word, but it's because we've gotten word. And then we want to make sure we're obeying God. We want to obey God in every area that we can. And then we want to make sure that we're not eroding our faith by using idle words. We want to speak faith-filled words. So those are four of the seven things that we do consistently we do that consistently. we attribute to what, what, call it small or whatever, but the success that we've had so far of walking with God. And we believe it's going to be even better than success. I love it. And I love what Michael says. He says, we are created in the image and likeness of God. Mm. God creates with his word. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important to control Praise your God, words. Michael, you are so right. But many of you, you are you're, so right. if, if you're honest, it's actually a beautiful thing if you think about it. Many of you are living in the reality you created. If you don't like it, oh, use your words, use to, your change. words to change. It. If you, you're living, it's in like the, that thing I told you that time. I said, "What was it?" I said, uh, "I said if you don't like the, um, if you don't like your life, how did I?" You say don't it? even know your. Oh, well, I, I told it to you. You, you tell it. What I, what I tell you? You said if you don't like the terms of your life, renegotiate. Renegotiate. Some of you need to renegotiate the terms of your life. How do you do that? With your mouth. You do that with your mouth and you get and you and, you know, we give each other permission to hold us accountable uh -huh. because sometimes you do want to vent. Yeah. Sometimes you do. But at some point you need to realize and sometimes we let each other vent. And we go, OK, now what? Now what? you vented, but now what? You want to stay there or you go? Or, you, or is it what, what God said? And we give each other that opportunity to get it out and then come on back over here and do these things that we know that works. Yeah, so we love you guys so much. You want to do the announcements right quick? Sure, we'll run through the announcements real quick. Let's want to give you this opportunity. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow. You know this. I'm sorry, babe. You asked me if I wanted to do the That's okay. Go ahead. But I, I actually wasn't finished with <laughs> okay, my statement, Jenny. You kind of jumped in. All right. So if you want to give today, but more importantly, if you want to give your life to Jesus today mm -hmm. is what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. Please send a message to our prayer team or put it in the comments right now. And if you've been living in a backslidden state and you backslidden state, your mouth is come reckless, home. um, your life is reckless, come home. Because you know what? It's a good table over here and there's some good life. And God is not upset with you. He wants you to come home so you can live your best life. Absolutely. So send us a message if you've rededicated your life. Send us a message if you want to give your life to Jesus and one of our prayer partners will pray with you today. And now you can do the announcement. And I just say thank you once again for everybody who gave to Giving Tuesday last Tuesday. Yes. It was wonderful. We raised $10,175. $10,175 I believe is what it was. Uh, yep, $10,175 for our college scholarship. So we funded one full scholarship. We funded one full scholarship. So Come on and give the Lord some praise uh, for that. For everybody who, who gave toward that, I appreciate that. Listen, you guys know we want you to stay connected during the week. So let's just start with Monday. We know that on tomorrow, Pastor Sean will be doing uh, strategies for success. 
Uh, that's at 12 noon Central Standard Time. She does that from both her professional and personal page. Uh, she typically schedules those. So uh, if you subscribe to her page, then you'll get the notification. And when she uh, goes live and you can just join her, uh, she's always sharing great wisdom there. On Tuesday night, we have our first time that we come together for corporate prayer on Tuesday night. It's at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, I really encourage you to, to join us live if you can. Uh, if not, at least listen to the replay. Uh, it's always led by one of our intercessory prayer partners or prayer leaders. Uh, and it's always good. Uh, last week they prayed for, they, I think maybe it was Friday, uh, I think uh, St. Teresa prayed uh, for us and for the partners uh, a, a lot. And it was really good. It was really, really good, really good. And so uh, not that the other ones aren't, I'm just saying Friday just seemed to really resonate with me because she was praying for our partners. And that's what I had been doing uh, that week. And then on Wednesdays, of course, Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have Victory Zone. Um, that's our teams. And so if you have teams and you're not involved and you want to get them involved, reach out, uh, get them involved. They do that via Zoom. Uh, and, and it's great. Uh, I hear from my, my daughter, Jordan, talk, tells me uh, often about what they what they talk about and what they've learned. Uh, and then, of course, On Demand is available for Victory Zone uh, all the time. And so on Wednesday nights, uh, you can get them involved in that. When? At 8 p.m. When you're watching Pastor Ralph do Refresh Bible Study, you can go get the tablet and put the kids on, on a victory zone and they can be learning at the same time you're learning. And so Pastor Ralph typically does Wednesday nights Refresh Bible Study. Every now and then I'll pop in or something, but uh, it's always good. It's always a, a wonderful learning opportunity. He's funny. Uh, he's going to give some correction. He's going to give good word. So I encourage you to come to Wednesday night. Don't skip it just because it's not Sunday. Come to Wednesday night Refresh Bible Study. It's available for you. That's at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. On Thursday nights, relax, chill out, do whatever you do. Uh, watch football, watch your TV shows, get caught up on Netflix, or whatever you got to do. But don't stay up too late because on Friday morning, we want to see you live uh, Friday mornings uh, at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Join us for Champion Circle. It's the second time that we get together and we pray during the course of the week. And again, it's just as powerful as Tuesday. It's a great way to jumpstart your weekend. And then Saturday, again, take care of all the things you need to do with your family. Enjoy yourself. Uh, exercise, eat, as St. Teresa says, drink your water and mind the business that pays you. And then be ready early on Sunday morning uh, at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time with Pastor Kristen Valley and her husband, Elder Miguel Valley, uh, as they lead us into praise and worship. And it is always good. It is always uplifting. It is always right on time. It always tills the ground to get you ready for what you're going to hear at 9.30 a.m., which is me and this beautiful lady right here, Pastor Sean Strickland, as we come and share the word of God with you. Amen. Listen, if you want to be a virtual partner, all you got to do is go to our website, www.focchurch.com. You can just scroll down a page a little way and you're going to see a big form right there. All you got to do is register, send us your information. We'll review that information. We will send you back a welcome uh, letter and let you know how you can join our virtual Facebook group. We'll tell you about what partnership is. We'll tell you how you pray for us and we pray for you and what covenant connection means. And I'm telling you, our goal at the beginning of this year was to have 500 partners and every week we're getting closer and closer. Every week we're getting closer and closer to that 500 number. 500 people around the world who say Fellowship of Champions is their church home. Amen. I love that. I love it. Okay, so I want to tell you two things before we go. Number one, 
I want you to invite somebody to church this week. Okay. I want you to invite somebody to church this week. I was just reading a report from Barner, um, yep. from Barner, and it says that during the pandemic, one in three people who was a faithful person going to church has quit going yep. to church, yep. whether virtual or in on person, in person. They so quit. I want they just quit. So I want you to get to work, ask God to show you how to get somebody reconnected to church again. But I want to tell y'all this. Um, do you know that because of our virtual partners, Ori and Sam, that we now have an Ignite in where? Yeah, it's uh, Nairobi. So In Nairobi, just, Kenya, yeah. we have a version of Ignite over there. And it's interesting because Ignite over here is mainly girls. And over there, Ignite is, is mainly. Called Tinder Warriors. It, and, and Pastor Edwin. Every once a month gets up like at seven o'clock in the morning to be there when they get out of school to help be a part of their ignite. And so we really when we talk about reaching the whole world. And so shout out to Sam and Ori who included and asked how we could how Pastor Ellen could be a spirit of a spiritual advisor in that and this opportunity to teach our principles. Yeah, and all they're over doing the, the work, you know, and I love it. I love it that, that Ori took the lead on that and that she's getting those parents together. She's getting those boys together. She's doing the work. Uh, I just, I'm just glad to be a part of it when I get a chance to be, uh, but it's wonderful uh, that she has taken the reins to, to help uh, those young boys become all that they can be in the board. Amen. So we want y'all to have an amazing day. We want you to have an amazing week. We want you to watch your words. We want you to study the word. We want you to come to all the services this week, and we want you to reconnect someone with church, and we want you to bring somebody to church on Sunday. And drink your water. And drink your water. <laughs> Man. All right. We love you guys. Y'all have a great day.